You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. We are continuing a series today. It's called Refresh. And what we've been doing this last couple of weeks is we've been talking about this idea of Sabbath. So for those of you who are new to church and not sure what this word Sabbath is, right, it's a church word that means to pause, right, to um, end your week, to begin your week with this moment of pausing, this moment of stopping, this moment of saying, Lord, I want to connect with you, I want to rest, and it's beginning your week in that way so that we can continue on. And we began to talk about that this past week, and one of the key things that we talked about last week is that this idea of Sabbath, it's not this idea of a list of things to tell you to do. You know how you come to church sometimes, and we give you a list of things to do, and you're like, I'm already so busy, Jesse. I've already got so many things on my plate. Man, there's already so many things on my shoulders that I need to do, and you're giving me something else to do. We don't want you to feel that way, and we don't want Sabbath to be that kind of thing for you, right? Sabbath is not something for you to feel burdened by. It's something for you to feel blessed by. It's not something for you to come in here and say, wow, I've got something else I've got to do. But it's something for you to be able to come in and say, Lord, thank you for this gift. You've gifted me. You've given me a wonderful gift with this idea of Sabbath. And as we begin to practice it, it should feel like a gift. How many of you ever uh, received a big gift from somebody and it was almost like, no, no, like $50 limit here, okay? Man, you win 100, man, send that away, okay? Like you were just one of those people, right, that just somebody can't give you a big gift. Well, when it comes to the Lord, he wants to give you some big gifts. The Sabbath is one of those gifts. And unfortunately, the attitude that we have is not, Lord, this gift is too big, you keep it. But this attitude is, Lord, this gift is too small, And so we don't ever take part in this gift that the Lord has given us because we're not seeing the value of it. But the hope of this series is that we get to paint a picture for you, the value of this idea of Sabbath and the value of practicing and the value of living it out and the benefits to your soul as you begin to practice this, the benefits to your families as you begin to practice this, the benefit to you 100% because we know we live in a world that needs rest that needs refreshment, that needs these things. So let's talk about how we can get there. One of the main passages that we are gonna go over probably every single week is this passage from Matthew chapter 11. It's not even on the screens. I want you just to soak it in, okay, as I read this passage. And I'm gonna read it today from the message version, but it says this in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 11. It says, are you tired? Are you tired, anybody? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. And I love that, right? That Jesus wants to show you how to take a real rest in this world that we live in, that is busy, that is nonstop, that is exhausting at times that, man, hits our anxiety buttons right in the right places all the time. And Jesus is saying, hey, I want to show you how to rest. I want to show you how to have peace and joy in life. I want to show you how to enjoy this thing and not feel so rushed all the time. He continues on and says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Look at my example. 
Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's what we desire for you today, that you would feel refreshed because of what God speaks to you in this series, that you would be able to walk with him in a way that makes you feel lighter, that makes you go through this life more enjoyably because you're spending time with him and you're practicing this idea of Sabbath once a week. But as we continue on last week, we began this series by talking specifically about how this idea of Sabbath, it's not a burden, but it's a blessing to you. And as we continue on this week, we're going to be getting into Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 this morning. So let's start there as we get into God's word. You can turn there with me if you'd like, or you can just follow along on the screens. It says this, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. So God here is creating the world, right, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. He's creating everything that we see, everything that we know. He's creating it all. And here he is at the end of his creation. It says the heavens and the earth were completed. And, and what does he do next? It says that by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So he's resting He's resting from all his work. This is God, the creator of the universe, and he's resting. So let me ask you this question. Did God need to rest here? Did God need to rest? Was he at the end of this six days like, oh, man, that's been a tough week. I'm exhausted, right? Let me put my feet up, right? Grab a Dr. Pepper and chill out for a little while. Was God exhausted? Was he tired? Was he beat up at the end of this six days? Right? Was he sitting there saying, man, it's time to just watch some, some shows and just chill out for a little bit because, man, I am beat up, right? I'm starting to get a little cranky, right? People are sending me prayers, and I'm like, you're so annoying, right? Is God saying that? No, right? He's not tired. He doesn't get tired. He's God. He's all-powerful. He never gets tired. He never sleeps, right? He never gets tired. So why would he need a rest, why in the world is God needing a rest in this moment? And the idea here is that God doesn't need a rest, but he's giving us an example of what he wants us to do. Because he's a good father. And I'm telling you, good fathers, they model for their kids what they want them to live out. And for us, God is modeling for us from the very beginning that he wants us to rest, that he wants us to practice this idea of rest, that if we're working for six days in a row in a week, that we take one of those days off, that we take one of those days to stop, that we take one of those days to refresh, that we take one of those days to build ourselves back up in him. So he's saying here that he rested from all his work and he's doing it for us on our behalf. He's doing it for you. He's doing it for I because he wants to show us, hey, this is what you need. I've created you a certain way and I'm telling you, this is part of your DNA to make sure you get rest at least one day a week. Let me give you an example. So I grew up on this show called MacGyver. Anybody here like that show? Am I the only one in the world, right? I'm showing, showing my age here, okay? Some of you young guys out there, what in the world's MacGyver, you know? 
Well, I loved this show as a kid because uh, MacGyver was a guy who got in sticky situations all the time. Like, man, this guy, how does this guy get in trouble so much? Like, how does this guy get in these situations, right, where he's about to die so many times? In fact, in one show, I remember my parents tell me this story that they walk in and I'm sitting in front of the TV set and I am crying, right, because MacGyver died. And I'm just like bawling. I'm just like, MacGyver, like what in the world? He died, right? And fortunately, it was just a dream. And my dad said, Jesse, MacGyver's not going to die. This show would end when he dies and this show's going to continue on. So, so he's going to be all right, okay? So I'm, I'm crying over there and, and they're consoling me and stuff. But at the end of the day, what would happen is I wanted to be like MacGyver. So I had this little drawer and I would try to create little gadgets of my own. So I'd go to this little drawer and, you know, I'd grab a few things and I'd put them together. And, you know, it was nothing, right? But to me, I created something. I created this gadget that was going to get me out of trouble. And I'd go to my parents and I'd say, hey, mom, dad, look what I made. Look what I created. Look at this thing. And they're like, oh, this is another piece of junk around here, you know. But, man, this is amazing. Look at this, mom and dad. Like, Hey, what is it? What is this? I'm like, you tell me. What do you think? What do you? Oh, Dad, you're using that all wrong. That's not how you use that. That's not how you. That's not. Are you kidding me? Let me show you. I created it so I could show you how it works. I could show you what it does. I could show you how to fix this and how to fix that. Right? And I could show you how it's gonna help you if you get in trouble and da da da. Right? I, I could give them the ins and outs about this thing that I created because I created it. Right? I'm the one who made it. I'm the one who created it, so I know exactly how it works. Guess what? God created you. He knows your ins and outs. He knows what you need. You can wrestle with him all you want and say, God, I don't really need a Sabbath. I'm doing just fine, God. But he knows what you need. And he's telling us here that if he is going to take a day of rest, that you need a day of rest too. He knows how you function properly. He knows what your body, what your soul needs, what your family needs. And he's saying, take a day of rest. Take a day to stop, to enjoy life. Take a day to soak it in. Take a day. I'm your creator. I know your ins and your outs, and I know what you need, and I'm telling you, you need this. You need this for your soul. You need this for your life. But he continues on. He says, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So I want you to picture this idea of God creating the earth in this final day, seventh day, he rests. But what does he do? Does he just sit there with his lemonade in a lawn chair just kicking back? No, he's enjoying. I'm giving you all these weird mental images of God today, right? Dr. Pepper, lemonade, you know. Um, is he just sitting back? What is he doing in this time? He is enjoying his creation. He's sitting there and he's enjoying and watching and seeing everything that he had just created and he's soaking it in and enjoying it. He's enjoying it. He's saying, wow, look at, look at the stuff I made. Look at these animals I made. Look at this, wow, look at the world. Wow, look at these stars. Look at everything that I made. So when it comes to Sabbath here, there's a sense of us enjoying. 
But let me, let me go back to this point because it's not just you enjoying something, right? It's enjoying what the creator made. And it's reflecting back to him and saying, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for how you've blessed me. God, thank you for how you've taken care of me. Thank you for all these things that I see, all these friends that are here today. God, thank you. And it's just saying thank you over and over again throughout the day and being grateful for the things that you have. Because I'm telling you, when we don't do this, it creates a problem that we see so often in our society. What is that problem that we see? We're always wanting more. More, 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 more. Let me work so that I can get more stuff, so that I can impress people that I don't even like. Let me get more. But when you take a day to practice Sabbath, what happens is you become deeply grateful for the things that you already have. You become deeply grateful for the things that God has blessed you with already, and it stops this idea of you wanting more, and it helps you to be content with what you already have. So, what do we do? What, what is the problem here? The problem is that we have a problem with being content. And what is the answer to that problem? The answer is Sabbath. And the answer is enjoying what God has already blessed us with and saying thank you to him for it. So here I am, I'm now a high schooler, and I'm about to get my first car, and I'm excited because I have no idea what my dad has up his sleeve here. And I'm praying for something nice, right? I've got some friends who, they're wealthy and they're, they have some nice vehicles at the time. And I'm thinking, man, please, something even remotely close to something like this, Lord. And, uh, and one day that car comes and it is not remotely close to anything that I would have ever imagined in my whole entire life. So suddenly this thing comes in the door, a 1988 Chevy Beretta, and it looks super cool here, right? You're like, man, I want that, you know? I would drive that around everywhere right now, okay? But as a high schooler, uh, we have another pick here. Yeah, it's more like this, except it was white, you know? And so this comes down the driveway, and it has a trailer hitch. <laughs> Why a car like this would have a trailer hitch, I have no idea, but I left it on there, okay? Just gave it some flavor. And so this came down the driveway, right? And it had, you know, the <laughs> it was just a mess, okay? And so this came, and my reaction was to want to go inside and hide as a high schooler, right? I wasn't grateful for it. But as I've had time to reflect over the last 15, 20 years, it's taken that long, I'm kidding. I'm deeply grateful that my dad would buy me a car that I didn't have to pay for. I'm deeply grateful, right, that I got to drive this around and it was an experience of mine. I'm deeply grateful for it, but it took me pausing and reflecting and remembering for me to develop that joy. And what Sabbath does for us is it causes us to pause, it causes us to reflect, it causes us to be thankful for the things that we already have and to say, God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thanks for blessing us. You don't have to. You've already blessed us so much by Jesus dying on the cross for us. Even if you did nothing else, 
Like, but Lord, you continue to give and you continue to bless and you continue to, to help us throughout our life and we're deeply grateful for that. So are you taking time on your Sabbath to enjoy? To enjoy your family, to enjoy food, to enjoy a good walk, to enjoy those things? What is it for you that you need to stop and just enjoy? What is it for you that you need to stop and just take in so that you will stop having this mindset of more, more, more? That's the answer to this thing. So Sabbath is about enjoyment. It's about worship. Because anytime you enjoy something that God has given you and you point to him a thank you for it, that is worship. And we are actively worshiping on Sabbath by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, God. I mentioned a little bit last week to one of our services that there was a time where I was playing with my kids and, uh, and God reminded me, Jesse, you're enjoying this right now and this is worship. This is worship. It's worship to be enjoying your kids, playing with them right now and thanking me for it. What is worship for you going to look like on your Sabbath? And this is the thing here. And as we go back to that verse earlier where it says, I'll show you how to take a real rest, the reality is, is the Sabbath is going to look different for you and I. And it's different because God has wired us differently. Pastor Brian was talking this past week. Our senior pastor was saying one of the ways that he enjoys the Sabbath is that he likes to go on a run, a five-mile run. I'm telling you, if I go on a five-mile run, I'm going to need two Sabbaths, okay? Like, hey, I'm taking an extra day, Monday, okay, Tuesday, Hey, you might see me Wednesday, okay? I just did a five-mile run, so uh, we're taking some extra Sabbaths here. But him, he enjoys that. That's refreshing to him. My speed is more of a five-mile walk. I do that on most days off, right? I go on a long walk at Washington Park, get my music going, and I go on this walk, and it's amazing. But if I had to run that thing, see you guys. <laughs> I'll be back in a couple of weeks. It's okay, what is it for you? What is it for you that refreshes you? What is it for you that brings enjoyment to your soul? What is it for you that at the end of the day you could say, you know what, I feel refreshed in the Lord. I feel ready to take on this week. I feel re excited about what God wants to do this week. What is it for you that does that in your soul? Figure that out. Experiment. There's some things in the packet that we handed out last week that'll help you. If you don't have that packet, we'll be handing it out again after service. But once again, this packet is not a uh, manifesto kind of thing to say you have to do everything in here, right? It's like every dotted line, check it off. This is just something to help you get started, okay? This is something to help you not hurt you, something to give you something to help. But as we continue on here, um, we see that early in Genesis chapter 2 that God creates the world, and he gives Adam and Eve this ability to work. And I want you to know that in the very beginning, work was not toilsome. Work was something that they did that was enjoyable. Work was something that they, that they were called to do. And they enjoyed doing it. But when it comes to Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, we see what happens to work here. So let's read there. Because I want you to get an idea of this. It says this, it says, to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Because of that, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it 
all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. So super downer passage, right? Talking about work and talking about how work makes us feel. And that's how work makes us feel, right? It makes us feel like toil, the sweat of our brow. It's hard work. It's tough. It's difficult. And because of the fall, this is what work looks like. The fall destroys the rest enjoyed in creation. And what God meant is for every day to feel kind of like a Sabbath, right? For every day to feel restful, for every day to feel. But because of the fall, we now have an improper relationship with work and with rest. And it's hard for us to find the rest that we need. It's hard for us to do that. Oftentimes we're defined by our work. And so what Sabbath does is it puts work in the proper place. It allows us to say, you know what, Lord? I'm not defined by my work. I'm defined by you. I'm defined by you. So by pausing on a Sunday, by pausing on whatever day it is that you decide to Sabbath on, it allows you to say, Lord, my, I'm defined by you. I'm defined by you and you alone. And so you begin to practice these enjoyable activities. But beyond that, what it does is it allows work to be more enjoyable. Because God, anytime there's a problem, God always gives us an answer, even in this world, to redeem that. And what Sabbath does is it redeems your rest and it redeems your work. So now because you practice Sabbath, your work can be more enjoyable. Because you practice Sabbath, let me say that again, your work can be more enjoyable. So when you go to work on a Monday after, you know, spending a day of Sabbath on a Sunday, you should be more rested and you should feel excited. I mean, maybe, maybe not say excited, okay? Maybe not excited but you should feel ready to take on the week because you spent that day with the Lord. You spent that day with the Lord. He'll put in you what you need in order to finish out the rest of the week in strength. He'll give you exactly what you need because you practice the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is for our enjoyment. It's for us thanking the Lord. It's about worship. It's about spending time with him. And it's about reminding ourselves what, how God has already blessed us. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a special podcast for you to take part in, for you to look at. Those will be posted on our social media so you can take part in that. But we're to follow the way of Jesus. And this idea of Sabbath is kind of countercultural, right? There's not a lot of people practicing Sabbath anymore, but it's important that we do. It's, it's weird whenever people like Chick-fil-A practice Sabbath, right? Especially on a Sunday because all Christians want Chick-fil-A on a Sunday, right? Right now, you're thinking about Chick-fil-A now and you're mad at me for bringing it up because you can't go there. Um, but Sabbath is this countercultural idea. And when you begin to practice it, my hope is that you'll begin to see the benefits of it. I said last week, try it. If you've never tried Sabbath, if you've never tried resting, enjoying, and, and doing these things, try it for 30 days or your money back, okay? No money. God's free gift. Try it. Give it a shot. See what God does in your life. See the testimony that'll come from this of you saying, my family is stronger because of it. My walk with God is stronger with it. I enjoy life better because of it. See what begins to take place in your heart and life as you practice this. And let's do this together. 
Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.